Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode is on the Delhi elections, which is of course all over the news. And if you've been following, you'll know that the Amadmi Party has swept to power again, winning 63 of 70 seats. It's quite a phenomenal victory. The BJP on the other hand has slightly improved its tally to 7 seats this time and the Congress has finished with 0 seats getting less than 5% of the vote share it's worst showing ever and for the time being at least that seems to spell curtains for the party as a player in Delhi politics so we usually wait a couple of days to bring you analysis on an issue but we do make exceptions for big news days like these and so as a preliminary discussion at least it's worth looking at the numbers that are available to us now in terms of the vote shares and the trends that we can read into that both for the aam aadmi party's victory and also what it means for our national politics for the bjp also going forward so this episode is a fairly comprehensive breakdown of those vote share numbers and joining me today is shrinivasan ramani the hindu's deputy national editor who's also in charge of our data teams so here's some of our conversation Firstly, let's just start with one very basic question. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be much of a substantive difference if you look at the numbers right now from the 2015 elections. Yeah. Back then it was 67 seats to Aam Aadmi Party, 3 yeah. seats to BJP. Yeah. And uh, this time despite some exit polls predicting a, be- a better show for BJP, it's uh, 63 for the Aam Aadmi Party and looks like 7 for the BJP. Yeah. So, um in terms of vote shares between 2015 and 2020 what's yeah. really changed so not much uh, the uh, the amandi party's vote share in 2015 was 54.2% uh, this time they have almost managed to retain uh, its vote share uh, they have 153.5% barely a percentage point uh, lower than 2015 the bjp has done better it has gained 6 or 6.5 percentage points since 2015 and it has been a dramatic uh, decline for the congress uh, which was a effective third force but has been reduced to a marginal player they it only has 4.3% of the votes it had close to 10% of the votes in 2015 but what what is interesting jayant is um, you know these elections were held barely 6 months right after the uh, lok sabha polls which had a completely different picture the bjp swept uh, all the seven lok sabha seats they won close to 56% of the votes the amadmi party was actually third the congress won 22% amadmi party had merely 18% from that you know low base to have retained 54% of the vote uh, in these elections suggests two things number one uh, the voters in delhi have clearly differentiated between the bjp and the aap at the center and at the state level so they feel that uh, kejriwal is not a national player and uh, they have judged the up government's performance uh, judged the up government's performance to be good enough to re- retain support for them but at the same time uh, they thought it necessary uh, a large chunk of those voters who voted for up this time a large chunk of them actually thought it necessary to vote for national parties which explains why the bjp landed 55% of the vote and the congress actually managed to come second that's the first point the second point is uh, unlike 2015 when the amandi party then was merely a movement and not necessarily a party and which was running on promises this time it's been judged on its record 
to have retained its vote share from 2015 suggests that the delhi electorate largely has been overwhelmingly uh, you know happy with the record of the amandi party government so those are the two immediate takeaways that you can come up with based on the numbers that we see now okay just um, just to take you back a little bit let's just break down the actual lok sabha numbers yeah, yeah. Uh, just one more time yes. what was the bjp share in the lok sabha polls uh, uh, the bjp 2019 yeah 2019 bjp won 56% 56.5% to right. be accurate mm. uh, the aam aadmi party won 18% okay. and the congress won 22% of the vote share in the lok sabha elections Okay, so Aam Aadmi Party is comfortably third. Yeah, was third. And back then, was that largely expected, or did we expect that the Aam Aadmi Party would do better than the Congress? There was a lot of confusion about whether the Aam Aadmi Party and the Congress would contest the election in the coalition. So uh, there was a lot of speculation right up to the you know few days before the polls, before the nomination dates were over. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that they would contest the elections together, uh, and that actually you know. you know put a spanner in the works of speculation because nobody knew if they contested together they could have been a uh, you know strong uh, opposition to the uh, bjp but uh, by contesting separately uh, they, the 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 vote banks of uh, the relative parties the so called secular vote bank the vote the, the 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 minority vote base that got divided and so that's the reason why um, you know uh, these these two parties did not do particularly well csds surveys that we also carried in our paper showed pretty clearly that uh, delhi voters were making a clear distinction even those voters who voted for the bjp had said a significant section of them in fact more than 50% if i'm not wrong said that they would vote for the aam aadmi party in the uh, st- uh, state elections or mm-hmm. rather the uh, ut elections or assembly elections that was pretty clear during that point of time so that it that has played itself out now the question is uh, i mean the 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 issue is that uh, normally after you lose an election so badly right uh, and uh, the fact that you are having another election within just 6 months right you would actually lose momentum right but the aam aadmi party not just regain momentum it has again gone on to reach the levels of support it got in 2015 right now what are the factors that helped it number one of course is gov- the governance factor which allowed them to uh, allowed voters to distinguish their record and the bjp's record at the at the center uh, i mean uh, 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 in the national elections but at the same time what the bjp did in the last 6 months right uh, in power in the center now people would tell you it's just the mere governance record for the aap that helped it win but my understanding is that the governance record helped it Uh, overcome the setback it received in uh, uh, in the lok sabha elections but the genuine anger with the bjp uh, over issues such as uh, the uh, the uh, the caa and the nrc controversy actually helped the aap retain its uh, strong position of 2015 if you look at places like uh, okla which is the constituency where the shahin bagh protests are actually happening yeah the candidate won by nearly uh, candidate nearly won 80% of the votes that's a huge 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 win for uh, the aap candidate yeah. the aap candidate yeah. amanatullah khan uh, in kalkaji uh, where uh, uh, one of the aap's uh, primary ideologues uh, atishi who uh, who was who is seen as the face of the uh, primary education uh, related work that the amandi party government did she managed to win uh, relatively well uh, with 12 almost 10 to 11000 votes after trailing in the earlier rounds 
and uh, across the uh, you know um, um, geography of delhi which includes the rural areas which includes the highly urbanized areas which includes the the, the peri urban areas or the slums and juggies the app seems to have done particularly well which suggests that there has been a certain you know anger with the way the bjp conducted its campaign uh, it openly tried to use polarization as a you know weapon in order to you know uh, 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 garner support for itself uh, some of the language used by mr amit shah and also uh, other uh, can, uh, you know campaigners yeah. of the bjp was openly vitriolic and uh, all those uh, candidates who were identified with this vitriolic campaign like uh, kapil sharma for example the former aap uh, mla they have all lost uh, tajinder bagga one of their uh, Yeah, he used yeah. to be on the social media. Social cell. media yeah. cell, and uh, who is vicious in in his uh, the way he conducts himself on social media. He has also lost. So that suggests that beyond the governance record, there has been a factor that, that has not helped the BJP, and that factor is the way it has implemented certain policies, uh, and also the way it has conducted itself during its campaign in the in the run up to the polls. Okay, uh, yeah, just one number that actually I meant to bring up earlier. Yeah. I don't know if this really factors into the numbers we're talking about now. Right. But voter turnout was perceived to be pretty low, sixty-one yes. percent. Uh, actually, it was sixty-seven percent in two thousand fifteen. Right. Okay. And this time it is sixty-two percent, sixty-two, sixty-two point six percent. Okay. So almost a five percentage point drop, or a four point five percentage point drop. Hmm. Yeah. No, but um, that we cannot say uh, was a major issue. because i mean th- there was i mean uh, in the media we tend to try to you know follow uh, elections election results almost like a cricket match mm. so there was a lot of commentary about uh, turnouts being very low and then picking up in the last year but that's been generally the case in the past in other elections not just in delhi people tend to vote later in the evening or uh, in, in uh, late afternoon right and that uh, those num- numbers picking up in the late uh, hours is generally seen uh, as you know kosher i mean that that happens uh, across elections in india now the drop in the turnout could mean two things one the, the one section of the bjp's t- strong or traditional voter could see the writing on the wall and find that there's no point registering his or her vote because they they could see their party losing and right. that's why they couldn't come to vote that is one way of looking at it secondly in 2015 uh, as i said the amandi party at, at that point at that point of time was more of a movement and uh, uh, you know although it had uh, come to power in delhi in 2013 it was 2015 when they really substantively you know got to power because previously they were in power for three or four months before kejriwal resigned mm. controversially uh, but 2015 was a t- was a time when they really fought elections uh, you know on a mission mode and uh, that was a time when the party was just graduating from a you know movement into a fledgling electoral machine so therefore it was able to you know Uh, uh you know come up with several promises and that you know galvanized a section of the electorate uh, which included the rural poor i mean the, the urban poor in particular this election was more an election based on its record and also other national issues and therefore this mo- this movement feel was not particularly there which explains why there was a 4.5 percentage drop just a thought that struck me because of this very divisive polarizing rhetoric that the yeah. bjp came with Yeah. Uh, could that have just put some people off the process altogether? Actually, I on the other hand, I feel uh, if you look at the yeah, record I'm, in Okla, I know it can the, swing yeah. both ways. Yeah. Yes, the, the minorities have turned out in you know right. st- very very strong numbers. For example, the seat called Mustafabad, hmm. uh, it has a substantive uh, Muslim population. Uh, till the 
8th round and by the way i like to say something about the eci's uh, website this time yeah. they have added round wise uh, tallies which is very useful uh, right hmm? right so they showed that till uh, the, it has uh, the, the, there were 25 rounds of counting in mustafabad till about the 11, uh, 16th or 15th round actually yeah 16th round the the bjp candidate was ahead of the uh, amami party candidate by around 25000 votes now, within the next 10 rounds the amami party candidate was able to overcome that margin and win the thing clearly in some areas which i believe must be areas which are you know um, uh, where muslims live they have voted overwhelmingly against the bjp so this uh, normally the muslim vote generally goes to parties like the congress which has been seen as the you know face of secular india all the time and the muslims have voted for the congress in large numbers in the past but this time they have shifted their vote decisively to the aap because they wanted the party which was seen as the strongest force that could defeat the bjp to win and that's the reason why they turned out in large numbers and uh, the the more vicious and more uh, angry the uh, campaign the bjp tried to do the more strongly uh, the uh, the vote that was supposed to um, go to the congress went to the up in many ways so i think that also you know played against the bjp so uh, just about the congress uh, short note because uh, i think they've largely been a footnote in this election it's been a two party uh, race yeah um what what can we say about the congress i've been seeing that it's their worst performance ever yeah so uh, it's quite a you know uh, statistic to note that the the party which was in power for almost 15 years 15 years three uh, times uh, when, yeah when when uh, the late shila dikshit was the chief minister has registered just 3 or 4% of the vote share this time what is suggests is that uh, a the amadi party has taken the ground under its feet right and uh, there are two reasons for that one the amadi party has managed to you know appropriate what was seen as the congress's record of governance in delhi the you know setting up of the delhi metro implementation of the cng and uh, you know building flyovers this was the record that shila dikshit stood on but the amadi party through the last 5 years by focusing on these issues in a more substantive way not i wouldn't say more substantive but focusing on these issues in a stronger way they have taken out uh, whatever usp the congress had with respect to its terms in power recently uh, apart from the fact that uh, the later regime uh, later part of the shila dikshit regime was seen to be corrupt because of the cng scam and so on, the, the commonwealth scam and game uh, scam and so on, and so on. secondly uh, unlike the bjp or even the amadi party the congress is not a cadre based party uh, it's a leader based party and uh, if it is a if if it has a cadre based party despite its objective problems it can use its organization to talk about this record but if it doesn't have any organization uh, this these are the kind of you know uh, jolts that a party like the congress can receive and that's what we see in this election just moving on now to i think a really interesting narrative by no means new narrative that's yeah. emerging over the past few months that's uh, the difference as you mentioned also in voters choosing one party for national elections one yeah. party for state yeah so given you know one uh, set of numbers that we spoke about was the vote share that the bjp got in the 2019 lok sabha polls yeah as opposed to numbers that they're now getting in state assembly elections yeah so is this drop that we see in delhi along the lines of what we saw in maharashtra in haryana in jharkhand um i need to crunch my numbers again to give you an exact figure but the 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 vote share drop for the bjp has been around 10 percentage points to close to 15 or 16 percentage points in all these elections that have been held after the lok sabha elections 
Now, in the case of uh, Maharashtra, we have to be careful because they contest the election in coalition yeah. with Shiv Sena. But if you take the cumulative vote of the BJP Shiv Sena coalition in the Lok Sabha election versus what happened in the state election, there was definitely a 10 percentage point shift because they had won close to 60 percent of the vote. This time they won much lesser than that. The same held true for Haryana, the same held true for Jharkhand, and now it is held true for Delhi as well. Right. Yeah. So, that in terms of that swing. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, so as I said, not a new thing and yeah. we are not the only two people who are going yeah. to be discussing this. But yeah. let's kind of just throw out some preliminary ideas. What's, what's your take on how this has been such a sharp trend in the past few months? Yeah. So, in, uh, before looking at what was the shift after the Lok Sabha election, we need to understand what happened before the Lok Sabha election. Yeah. Now, if you just take the Lok Sabha election out for this, for, for a hypothetical exercise for now, you'll notice that the BJP lost three major states, uh, in fact, of five elections uh, in, uh, except for Mizoram where it was in, I mean, it didn't lose Mizoram per se, but the final government was a government that was supported by the BJP. Uh, so, uh, it lost in Telangana. It lost in uh, Madhya Pradesh, it lost in Ra Rajasthan, it lost in Chhattisgarh. All this in late 2018. After that, uh, the Lok Sabha elections were held and there were some elections that were held along with the Lok Sabha elections. That is in Arunachal Pradesh, Andhra Pradesh, uh, Odisha and Sikkim. Those elections, the BJP's vote share uh, you know, went up uh, you know, almost concomitantly as it went up during the Lok Sabha elections. But after that, there has been again these defeats or rather lackluster performances. So, if you only take the state assembly elections for this academic study, if I, if, if I may, notice that the BJP has done poorly in all these state elections, right? So, one could say that the Lok Sabha election was, was some kind of an aberration. We couldn't make that point, right? Yeah. So if you see this as a continuum, suddenly there is a spike in the Lok Sabha election. Again, the, the pattern comes back to what was there in the 2018 assembly elections. So, that suggests that there are two factors that played a major part in the Lok Sabha elections. One is the Modi factor. The, the There is clearly, even now, many opinion polls which have predicted these elections quite accurately. They were asked questions about who do you think is the is your most preferred leader at the center. And Mr. Modi continues to overwhelmingly be the favorite in that respect. The, the numbers have diminished a bit for him since last six months, but he still is way ahead of his competitors. right? So, the Modi factor played a major role in the 2019 Lok Sabha elections. Secondly, as we discussed like six months back, what were the reasons that helped the BJP win that election were primarily three. One, the uh, the 10 percent reservation scheme for upper caste uh, or the poor upper caste. Uh, the second one was of course the Balakot strikes and the third one was this PM Kisan scheme. Now, all these three schemes actually suddenly changed the script for the BJP. A party that, that had just lost in three major elections in, in, its, in its strongholds in Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh was able to bounce back and win with a huge margin in these very three states. Like it won close to 60% of the vote in Madhya Pradesh, close to 60% in Rajasthan and also in Chhattisgarh. And despite you know losing badly in Chhattisgarh only six months before the Lok Sabha election. What, has now, what we now see is that the, the, this, this Lok Sabha election was one of a kind, right? The Modi factor played a role. And besides, the people actually judged them probably in the last minute on three three issues they felt, you know, distinguished this party from others. But since then, I mean, the BJP seems to be losing uh, elections primarily because there is uh, in all a their governments at the at the state have been perceived to be not good enough wherever it was in power. And secondly, uh, there is also the case that the focus of the BJP in its second term has been to bring to the fore more cultural issues, more social issues rather than uh, development issues 
and at the same time not doing enough or not even acknowledging that there is a serious economic crisis that this country is going through in terms of the unemployment problem in terms of the economic slowdown that we are uh, going through now all this are being perceptibly felt by people who are in the margins and who are uh, a large number in our country right now while the opposition has not managed to you know pin the government down on this record right and managed to you know win the support of the electorate at a general level at the national level at the local level uh, they have been able to pin the bjp down on these issues far better i think yeah so just one one theory that i had and i just yeah. wanted to bounce it by yeah, you maybe it's yeah. right or wrong i think there's some there's something in the way that people now perceive governance and leadership because yes good point it yeah, seems to be that when they're electing the bjp and mr modi at the national level they're almost not even focused on um you know domestic local governance issues mm-hmm. as much as we want to say that the delivery to farmers etc figured in the yes um, yes 2019 lok sabha win yeah. it's almost at the national level that they seem to be appointing i mean electing mr modi not as a governance figure but as more as an ambassadorial figure like a kind of representative of that's india a, yeah, that's a good point world. that's a good point i mean so, there are two things to it one yes mr modi has himself tried to and bring yeah. about that image sort by a larger message yes, person yes exactly by yeah. trying to use foreign policy to influence domestic policy yeah. right yeah. that's one way the other point is that there is no credible opposition leader to take on this person of mr modi the congress reliance on mr rahul gandhi and despite his you know maturation over time he still carries that baggage of being you know someone from the dynasty that said i don't necessarily feel i mean that that there is a clear distinction in terms of uh you know people not trying to blame the bjp for livelihood issues uh, at the national the state level i think they they prioritize issues right like for example they if you ask them what is your main issue you know, they will say yes food unemployment yeah. inflation and so on but when they ask who will you vote for they would not necessarily associate this with performance rather they say who do they who they think is capable of delivering on these issues i still i still think that they feel that with what mr modi has managed to do in the last year i mean mm. i'm talking about how people voted in the, in the 2019 elections per se they actually felt that look these are three decisive things he had done in the last few months right. okay. so he is much more capable of addressing these issues mm. rather than someone who they think is not tested and who they think fails on the you know leadership front when it comes to ob- subjective factors with respect to mr modi and that's the reason why they actually voted for him but that that said it was always in the back of their mind economic issues are always in the back of their mind mm. and uh, uh, when it comes to state elections where the contest is much more localized and with respect to what candidates the party is fielding the chief ministers uh, i mean the, the chief ministerial candidate per se for the uh, party and so on there mr modi can't just influence elections the same way where the way he can do it in the national level and that is making uh, the bjp you know uh, not able to take advantage of mr modi's popularity as much in state elections so let's just end with one just a small conversation about uh, aam aadmi party then yeah um you know i think in a previous podcast i also mentioned it's the, their story is pretty clear they yeah. came up as a movement and then exactly yeah. uh, they wanted to be a national movement yeah. Uh, yeah. there were leaders in the party who were actively pushing for that right who right. are not there anymore that's yeah. a separate story yeah. but since then they've focused very heavily hmm. on delhi they've become you know delhi because it's a city and a state it lends yes. itself to yes. this yes. you know very mayoral election yeah. election kind of narrative they're focusing on city governance issues yeah. um is that is this now can we say this is what the aam aadmi party is 
Yes, um, yes, true. Uh, see, the, so that, um, what, mm-hmm. what I mean is that hope that people had when, because their rise, I think, was fueled by the sense of hope yeah. of a third party yeah, alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is that story over now, do you think? Uh, that's a difficult question to answer because it depends on what the Amami party goes on to do from here. Yeah. Right? Now, let us just trace the history of the Amami party once more. So, it started as a social movement or a civil society movement that was vocal on the issue of corruption. And there was difference within the civil society movement as to whether you use party politics in order to you know, address this issue or you remain uh, as a social movement. And Mr. Kejriwal obviously represented the, uh, the, the, latter, uh, the, the former trend of yeah. uh, getting into party politics. Now, there are many figures associated with the movement who also felt that they should uh, be part of this uh, movement towards becoming uh, movements towards uh, using party politics for better for the better good, and uh, at that time the Amadi Party promised or rather gave the hope that it could occupy a space which has been traditionally occupied in India by the Congress alone, the social democratic tent, so-called social democratic tent of v- various people coming together but agreeing on certain issues such as welfare, yeah. such as pro-poor governance and so on. That was the promise they had. Now, uh, Mr. Kejriwal has a certain way of functioning where he tries to be the you know linchpin of the party, and therefore uh, he felt that uh, the, the the other people like Mr. Yogendra Yadav and Mr. Prashant Bhushan were not necessarily uh, you know amenable to his leadership, and which is the reason why uh, these people were expelled from the party, and that put paid to their hopes of becoming a national force, because the 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 Amandi party then became a very localized party. The, the people who were part of the Amandi party then were either uh, micro micromanagers like Mr. Sanjay Singh and so on. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, those from the civil society who are focused on micro issues, using, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the state to effectively uh, intervene in primary education like Atishi and uh, Manish Sodi and so on. But on national questions, right, even on the question of Article 370, Mr. Kejriwal took a very uh, weird position. Yeah. Uh, he said that uh, he supported the idea of Jammu and Kashmir becoming a unit territory. Right. When he... Yes. has been fighting to the nail to convert Delhi from a union territory into a yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. that was that so, strange. Yes, and, uh, uh, so he, and they have not been consistent in taking positions on national issues. But when push comes to show, they realize that the, the BJP's hard-hitting Hindutva politics clashes against their uh, centrist at the same time, you know, governance-based approach, which means that it won't be bothered as much as about identity or... Uh, identity groups and so on, but it will be more bothered about urban governance in particular. There was clearly a clash there and that's the reason why Mr. Kejriwal started taking certain positions vocally against uh, the divisive politics of the BJP and so on. But having said that, he was much more cautious than the Congress to be an ideological foil to the, to the BJP and rather focused only on his municipal record. Now this, as someone would say, is both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing in the sense that ask your uh, voters to vote on exactly your record, right? And you are able to therefore hive away any criticism uh, on ideological issues because people would say, look, I get better, uh, I mean, I am able to get electricity at a cheaper rate, I am able to get water at a cheaper rate, I, one of my, uh, my family members would feel that I am able to travel uh, in buses for free uh, and this is the guy who has been pushing for lower uh, metro rail ticket prices. Uh, primary education uh, has been much better during this regime. Mohalla clinics have helped uh, people in poorer areas. So, it, it's a, they are able to tackle any criticism by just their record, right? But the problem is you can't scale it up. Yeah. You can't say that, look, I implemented Mohalla clinics here. Therefore, 
come and vote me uh, vote for me in tamil therefore nadu. i can do it every yes day. so yeah. in th- if for example hypothetically they want to you know make a mark in tamil nadu they have to engage in questions that are yeah sp- specific to tamil politics here or in uh, in kerala questions that are specific to K- uh, kerala politics there they can't just simply say look i managed to better the primary education system in delhi therefore i'll do well in kerala and tamil nadu because because the, those states have already done uh, very good in those in those fields yeah so so for the aam aadmi party to grow outside delhi it has to therefore address important ideological questions it can't remain silent and only take tactical positions it has to have strategic just take strategic positions on those questions Now, will they be able to do that if they have to do that then it, the, the party has to expand and become a bigger tent it has to invite people who are not necessarily going to just tow what mr kejriwal says and who can push mr kejriwal to uh, you know take uh, difficult decisions and uh, and actually take ideological positions that are not to mr kejriwal's liking so that that's how the party could grow but for that to happen mr kejriwal has to rethink his approach Let us see if we can do that. Shini, let's end it there then. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. This was very informative. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you so much.